This episode is supported by Jack's Financial UK, the personal finance and investment guidance organisation. Jack's Financial UK focuses on helping the everyday person, couple and family learn how to manage their money and invest wisely whilst living a purposeful and fulfilling life. These are done through one-to-one coaching sessions, as well as workshops and seminars. Head over to www.jacksfinancial.co.uk to book your session or workshop now. Even though your housing may be one of the most biggest expenses, you know, of your budget, it wasn't too high for me. So it meant that I could have more money to start attacking that debt. But I would say one of the biggest things that helped me was actually learning how to save. Hmm. Because even though I technically would have had all this disposable income, I didn't know how to keep that disposable income. I was still spending it. I really struggled to save money. And so I decided that I would first save about a thousand pounds, very similar to Dave Ramsey's baby steps. Mm. I wanted to actually save 500 pounds first and then a thousand. And I wanted that so that I could have a mini emergency fund so that Mm. if anything happened, I wouldn't have to go back into debt. Like if my car broke down and I had to pay to fix it, I still had cash there. And it took me about six months just to save that £1,000 because mm. I made so many mistakes and, and I didn't know how to save. And I always say that actually when it comes to saving, it is a skill. It mm. is something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you learn. And especially if you are a natural spender, it's not going to come easy to you. So it's something that you do have to learn. Wow. So wait, let, let me yeah. hear that again. Uh, it took you six months to save that first £500. Yes. So that first one thousand. Yeah. Six oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. So, so tell me, what what was happening? Was it a thing where you get close and then you you see something nice and be like, I gotta get, I gotta get discounts. This. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I, so to be honest, so the first thing that I wanted to do is I thought, okay, let me try and save five hundred pounds in the next three months. So that was like one hundred and sixty-seven pounds a month that I wanted to save, like. For me, that was already huge because I hadn't Mm. saved anything. Mm. But what happened was every time I would try to save, there would be other expenses that would come up that I would have to pay for. (laughs) So, (laughs) for example, I would try and save this money, but then I would forget, oh, my car insurance is due or Mm. I have to pay for my MOT. I even forgot that my graduation was coming up and I had to buy tickets for my graduation and so I kept having to dip into my savings so it felt like I was always taking you know two steps forward but one step back because Mm. every time I would save I would be happy but then an expense came up and then I would have to dip into my savings and pay for that and I then realized that actually what I needed to do was create something called sinking funds Mm. sinking Mm -hmm. funds are things or expenses that you just want to start preparing for in advance. So what I decided to do was, okay, yes, I'm going to start saving for my mini emergency fund, but I'm also going to start saving for things like my car insurance, my MOT, so Mm. that by the time I have to pay for it, I already have money sitting there and I don't have to now keep dipping into, you know, my mini emergency fund to pay for that expense. Amazing, Hmm. amazing, amazing. And 
um what, what you're saying here that, that I'm, I'm realizing is is you know saving is, is a skill and I think you know for someone like myself it, it took me a long time to understand that because I'm a natural saver so for me it comes easy you know it's 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 I don't want to call it a talent, but, you know, it's, I just save because that's just what I do. And and so when I hear that someone is struggling to save, or initially when I, when I used to hear people are struggling to save, I was, I thought it was just a huge sign of irresponsibility. Mm. But you realize over time that firstly, it's not just about being intentional and proactive. It's actually learning the skill and the know-how as to how to save. So I'm so happy that you mentioned sinking funds because um, that's something that I learned much later on. Because yes, as I was saving, I was saving for the sake of saving, but there was no real reason why I was saving. Yeah. Okay? Mm. And as time went on, I realized, okay, yes, let me save for this. Let me save for this. And that's when I started creating sinking funds as well. Um, this is not an advert. This uh, platform uh, has not asked us to do any advert or anything like that. But my favorite um, bank um, that actually allows me to do sinking funds is actually Monzo. So mm. I do a lot of my sinking funds on Monzo. Um, as we're speaking, I'm looking at it right now. I've got one for the holidays that I'm traveling to this year. Mm. I've even got one for my wife's birthday. I need to top it up a bit. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Your I'm wife's listening right now, but she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 and, and it, it really gives you uh, power. So and, and it allows mm. you to, um, you know, it allows you to actually live life. Um, how, how do I put this? Kind of someone like myself who's a natural saver, it allows me to spend guilt free. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because I know that the things that I need to pay for are actually taken care of already. Yeah. Hmm. I think one of the beauties of sinking funds, you know, when over time you just see it build up over time. So you mention things like holiday, then you realize, wait, over time I've been building this up, but I've actually got enough money to book a holiday or you know, car insurance, you mentioned, Veroni. And I think one thing it does, it it, it it helps you to avoid actually burying your head in the sand and just saying, oh, yeah, I know that payment's going to come later on in the year, but not preparing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, one big thing which we do episodes on pretty much every year is how can you prepare for Christmas? We all know we tend to over maybe overspend in Christmas, buying presents, etc. But yeah. you can prepare for that well in advance through things like having sinking funds. Yeah. And and again, as we speak, um, Christmas presents is one of my sinking funds. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I like about uh, Monzo, and I'm guessing it's probably a similar case for some of the other banks, is it even allows you to upload pictures. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so when we look at it, it actually looks quite pretty. Right. I've got, <laughs> I've got a nice Christmas tree and I've got some money in there. And again, look, Christmas is still eight months away. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're able to put just a tiny proportion of our income into this, by the time Christmas comes, you do not feel the pain of then having to spend a huge chunk of your uh, December or most likely your November paycheck. Absolutely. Absolutely. But no, that was, that was really useful, Veroni. And so you've got, you know, your, you've, after six months, you saved about a thousand pounds. You then realized the beauty and the art of creating sinking funds. How did you then start to attack some of, um, well, the remaining 16 or 15 plus K? Yeah. So when I eventually knew how to start saving a bit more consistently, one of the things that I didn't mention as well is that I created a plan in terms of when I wanted my debt to be paid off and also you know what debt I was going to tackle first because obviously I had the overdraft and the car loan Mm. and there were so many different 
debt payoff strategies you know there's the debt snowball method where you list all the debts smallest to largest and you attack the smallest first or mm. the debt avalanche where you look at the interest rate so for me personally I actually did the debt avalanche and it was just mainly because I only had those two debts mm. and my overdraft was still interest free so it actually made sense for me to just start attacking the car loan mm. so once I then had my mini emergency fund I then started putting money towards the loan so I would um I think I was paying I got to a point where I was overpaying by about 500 pounds mm. you was that attacking that yep yes Solid. yeah yeah so I was I was putting a, a good 500 pounds towards that and then it got to a point where I realized that there had been a house that came up where someone was looking for a lodger and it was a nice Nigerian family actually where they come on come on come yeah come and live with them and the rent was 300 pounds a month and I went I'm hardly home anyway because now at this point because I was working from home more often I would actually drive to London and mm. I was uh, we had a London office so I would actually drive to London to stay with my family so I was only up in that area probably three nights a week and that's it. And all I would do is go to the gym, go to work, come home, go to sleep and go back to work and go to the gym. Mm. So because of that, I went, I may as well just move there because I'm hardly home anyway. And then I could just use that 200 pounds to then add it towards my debt. Hmm. And so uh, that's essentially what I did. And, you know, I didn't mind because, again, I obviously wasn't home very often, but also what I realized was that me paying off the debt wasn't the entire journey. My goal was actually to achieve financial independence where mm. you know, I wanted to have the option to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And so I think for me to accelerate it, I thought, well, I may as well try and pay off this debt quickly so that I can start saving for other things like, you know, my emergency fund, I was saving up for a wedding, but also I really wanted to start investing. Mm. and even during that time when I was paying off my debt I was actually going to you know network events and I was mm. like learning about investing because I really wanted to start my financial independence journey so I then got to the point where because I knew how to save I knew how to overpay on my debt I just wanted to accelerate that even quick more quickly so mm. that I could start focusing on my other financial goals wow yeah it's, it's it's so cool when you know you become more knowledgeable about things like investing you start to get really excited yeah. uh, because we, we know you know once we get into good habits good financial habits and we're able to uh, grow our net worth and, and build um, income streams and that kind of stuff we know that at some stage in our lives we will become financially independent and I think financial independence is an amazing thing to aspire towards um, so I can see how you know once you recognize financial independence of what it actually is how that can really fuel you and provide you with the energy to actually go ahead and pay off your debts as aggressively as possible to in order to actually start putting money to work no absolutely and aggressive you you was in attacking that I love how you know you found opportunities to pay um, less rent at another place as well and you, you use that saving to actually attack the debt furthermore and not you know spend it on something else in doing that because I can imagine that would that's not an easy task for Ronia, especially if you was a natural saver as well 
every single saving you're making, you're literally using it to attack in the day. And I love how you said, you know, you set a goal of when this is going to, to end, essentially. And was you successful in that? Um, was it 18 months that you wanted to pay pay off? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I love managed yeah. to yeah reach my goal. And I think, you know, you mentioned that obviously it was hard, but I think the one thing that was pushing me to do this was because I of my why in terms of why I wanted to become financially independent mm. and that is what helped really motivate me to keep going mm. and not just thinking and not just think about you know spending my money on anything and everything because that was the problem that I also had what I realized is that I wasn't actually spending money on things that truly mattered to me or that were important to me I was just mm. spending money for the sake of spending mm. so when I realized that actually if I just spent money on things that I really like and I value I found that I didn't actually have to spend that much money Hmm. And I could still enjoy life like I you know I was still going out and meeting my friends yeah. but I was doing it in a place where I didn't have to spend so much money to do it mm. so that I could then use that money to start overpaying on my debt wow wow no I love that and you, you spoke about your why um what is your why in terms of why do you want financial freedom for you anyway yeah so for me family is a really big thing I love spending time with my family we tend to talk all the time and we are always doing something together we're always having lunches together for example mm. and I think one of the biggest things I realized was that if I was to have children for example I would want to spend as much time as possible so I would want to go to all their sports days I would want to go to all their shows and everything like that mm. and just being in my corporate job I just saw some senior leaders who were literally in the office from 8 a.m till 7 p.m and they mm. had you know small children and I would mm. always be asking myself you know when are you going to see your kids like are you not going to tuck them into bed are you mm. not going to be able to see them you know at their sports day and I just realized that that wasn't the life that I wanted mm. and so I think for me that is really what drove me to think this is what financial independence could give me so I really mm. want to start working on it so I can spend as much time with my family or communities or with, with my church uh, as much time with them as possible love it love it love it absolutely no i love that thank you very much for sharing uh that as well and you know you've gone through these 18 months you've paid off this debt which well massive congratulations because that is certainly an achievement in terms of the the, t the time you you paid it off and the the method and how you went about doing it that must have given you a huge buzz what happened after that once you're feeling that buzz you've i cannot did you even celebrate the day you paid everything off yeah, no, I was, oh, well, to be fair, I was excited. But at the time that I paid it off is when COVID happened. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I couldn't really celebrate, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, after that, I went, oh, OK, so we're now staying at home. So I may yeah. as well just, you know, beef up my emergency fund. Mm. Uh, at that point, I had also been engaged as well. Mm. So I knew that my next thing was to start saving up for the wedding. And then the most exciting thing was for me to start investing so yeah that's that's how it went after I'd paid it off wow 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 love that and for our listeners there's um the equipment from over on there you've got a couple of episodes on how to save for a wedding right and budgeting around that 
Brilliant. Do you check that out um, for our listeners as well? Um, so no, that that is brilliant. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, you you've of course um documented um this also on your YouTube channel as well. When you, you set up your YouTube channel a couple of years ago, how's that journey been for you? Yeah, it's been interesting. So I also started it during the pandemic uh, because I was actually furloughed from my job and I thought, well, this is the time for me to start my YouTube channel because mm. I was actually I actually wanted to start it earlier. I wanted to start it whilst I was on my debt journey, but imposter syndrome really came in with hmm. that and I thought oh no one's going to listen to me because I'm still paying off my debt when in reality I should have just started it and I should have hmm. just you know talked about my journey but I'm glad I still started it regardless uh, but when I did start my YouTube channel I didn't even talk about personal finances yet I did in my first video I spoke about you know financial independence and why I was working towards it but my first my second and third video was more HR related it was more career related mm. because again I had the imposter syndrome thinking that oh I can't talk about personal finances because you know I'm not this big person who's financially independent yet and so I decided to you know start off with some career videos but then after that I thought do you know what I've been on this journey I'm actually going to talk about it and you mm. know someone might find it helpful and I decided to talk about things like budgeting uh, which then started to get much more traction and then I think I did a video where I spoke about how I was saving over a thousand pounds a month consistently mm. And that video then started to take off and people were really interested in terms of how I was able to save that amount, how I was able to pay off my debt. And so I really just started to talk about my journey. And from there, I've been able to gain, you know, quite a few subscribers who, you know, like to listen to my content and like to watch my content. Uh, and yeah, now I'm, I'm just continuing to do videos and I do also lives as well, because I think I've got a small community that's also behind me now as well, which is great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. And, and you talk about the imposter syndrome. I remember when I wanted to start YouTube, uh, well, I did start YouTube. Um, and I remember saying to myself, usually I'm quite confident and I don't mind being in front of people, but mm. there's something about being on camera that doesn't mm -hmm. really, you know, sit well with me. So when, when I started, it, I was just doing it like faceless. Um, and I, of course, now I don't really have any YouTube videos and I do plan on coming back at some point. Uh, so Veronica, you got to teach me um, and that kind of stuff. Um, but one, one thing I would also ask is, um, now as a, as a money coach um who also has a youtube channel mm -hmm. do you find youtube to be a good marketing place as well for some of your clients have you gained any clients from you know people that just watch your content yeah interestingly all my clients have come from youtube okay. oh wow yeah and i think it's because uh, what many of my clients tell me is that because I've done YouTube, they can see my face and they mm. can see that I'm relatable. And the fact that I'm talking about my story, you know, being in debt, even though actually most of my clients haven't been in debt, mm. but they still resonate with my story. Yes. And because they've seen me, you know, week in, week out talking about finances, they've decided actually, you know, I'm the money coach for them because mm. it almost feels like they know me. 
Yeah, what, what, I think what, what you find with uh, coaching is it, it really comes down to a relationship. Yeah. Um, and relationships are, are, are built on trust, which is yeah. um, why, you know, being someone like yourself who is transparent um, and, you know, engages with the audience, they're able to actually work with you because they they, they, they know you, right? Yeah. They don't know you 100%, but they, they believe they do. And mm. and by working with them and, and, you know, and I'm sure even when you're doing your coaching, you use yourself as an example all the time, that really, really helps someone to, to relay and actually put things into practice. They feel safe around you. What would you say to the person listening right now saying, I would love to uh, set up a YouTube channel one of these days? <laughs> I would say to do it. I would definitely say that YouTube is not easy. Mm. It is one of the hardest things you can do because I think people probably perceive that YouTube is that you just stick your camera on and you talk to the camera and then that's it. But there is so much that goes into creating a YouTube video and it's not to scare people, mm. but it's for them to just, you know, have those expectations that, you know, for me personally, I then have, I first of all have to think about the YouTube topic. Mm. I want to research and figure out, you know, is this something that people would like to watch? Are they interested in it? Then mm. I have to script the video and think about, okay, what are the points that I want to include in the video? Then I have to film it and then I have to edit it, which is oh, just another, <laughs> another story. Yes, yes. <laughs> it takes some time. And then once I've edited it, I then have to upload it and I have to, you know, do different things to the video to make sure that you know it's going to be searched by other people mm. and then I also have to promote it as well to encourage people to watch it so it is quite a long process but mm. I would definitely say it's very rewarding yeah yeah and and, and I think you know one thing that you, you said is you know you do editing you do um, there's things that you have to even do when you're about to upload the YouTube video so that it's searchable and what you find is YouTube has blown uh over the many years i mean we started watching youtube i think all three of us started watching youtube quite a while ago mm. but there are people that are full-time youtubers yeah mm. so it, it, it is a, a business it is a business that also requires a lot of input a lot of work and so yeah i'm with you i think as someone who delved a bit into youtube i recognize very quickly that this is this is difficult this is not as easy as you literally just you know speaking to a camera or literally just you know um uh shooting a video speaking and speaking into it and then that's it you just upload it you think you get a lot of viewers it's not that easy there is definitely a method to the madness and, and it is an art hmm. no absolutely so i mean um as jackson said there's a lot that goes into doing youtube videos you also of course um do coaching outside of the YouTube as well, um, one-to-one coaching. You're you you work in HR as well. Um, you dibble and dabble in dancing, which you you previously was as well. How does Veronia manage her time and ha- and also you're of course um a wife and have many other sort of roles as well. But how does Veronia manage her time and also how does she look after herself? Oh. Good question. How do I manage my time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you also make the occasional church. visits yeah. to podcast as well. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I'll just say that it's the grace of God because look at how I, yeah, it's, I think one of the things I realized is that I've had to be very disciplined with my time because 
yes I do all those things but you know I also need to take my health into account as well so I need Mm. to make sure that I'm working out I have been slacking on that so what I try to do is get up in the morning although I have been slacking on that slightly as well but I would try to get up in the morning obviously do you know uh prayer um I'm also part of something called 5am club which is a Mm. membership I'm with so we all get up in the morning uh, and we join that and then I'll have prayer and then I might, you know, try and go do some exercise and then do a bit of, you know, either YouTube work or any kind of marketing that I need to do. And then I will do my job. And then after job, I will usually either coach or I may have like another meeting in the evening on the weekends, typically on a Sunday, I would try to do things like meal prepping um, mm. for the week. So for dinner partly because my husband is one of those people who likes varieties in his Mm. meals. So I would rather just try and get most of it done during the weekend. Um, And I think that's, that's it. I try to just plan out what the week is going to be like, and then try to fit in, you know, one or two things in the morning, one or two things in the evening. And then usually from about seven o'clock, I don't typically do much work. So usually mm. seven o'clock is dinner time with me and my husband. We will sit down, have dinner, we'll watch something and then I will get ready for bed. So mm. it's not as bad as you know some people might think. It actually used to be a lot worse. I didn't used to manage my time very well before and I kind of hit burnout with that and had to take mm. a career break because of that. But now I would say, you know, I don't do things, you know, 24 seven I still get a good amount of sleep mm. which is great um and yeah I just prioritize it's it, it, it's so difficult isn't it when yeah. you you know you're someone who's got t- many different talents um you you work full-time so you have a full-time job and let's be honest yeah. full-time jobs in itself <laughs> can be very very draining and mm. you know the problem that I've had personally is is the fact that I overestimate what I can actually do Mm. um you know and, and so I say yes to everything and then I'm coaching and then I'm doing and, and then I'm shooting a podcast with PR and then I'm doing mm. this and I'm doing that and by the time you know it, you're actually completely burnt out mm. right and then what happens then is you do something extreme like you just said you just say you know what I don't do anything for like a whole yeah. month well I'm six months I was yeah. like oh, I'm tired yeah. I, 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 I have been there in 2018 I took a self-sabbatical <laughs> right so so it's, it, it it does and I think it really helps you actually start prioritizing once you go through those experiences of burnout Mm. um so for me i've had to learn how to set some boundaries how to how to say say no sometimes um and 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 the key word is used is is priorities how to Mm. actually prioritize um it's something that i've had to learn that peter has been on me on my case for a long time to prioritize my health Mm. right um because for me, prioritizing finance is easy, <laughs> right? But prioritizing my health, prioritizing my relationship with my with my wife, prioritizing my relationship with not even just my wife, but my friends and my um, my family is something that I've had to work on, mm. um, and it's and it's not easy. It's not easy. So yeah, it's it's great to hear that you know I'm not the only one who who experiences burnout, <laughs> um, and and now we're trying to do better things um to to so that we don't experience it anymore. No, absolutely, man. The key word is we 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 just we're trying, man. We're trying to do what we can do. And you know, I was hearing words like prioritization and um organization as well. Um, Veronica, it sounds like you've been trying to exercise being organized. Um and 
the more we do something, as we all know, the more it becomes a habit. So that's all we can do. Um, try. So no, that's been really useful. Um, before I'm gonna start, just ask for any sort of, I guess, what would be really interesting for our listeners. Um, to just ask a bit more about, you know, you on in terms of you coaching um women, but any advice that you have for women in general I think even if it's women it's very useful I'll say in terms of your YouTube videos that's useful for anyone but I know you obviously have but your heart is called to 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 women um as well but before I do that um traditionally on this show we do give a shout out um to where we're giving where we're getting new listeners from um or where we just haven't given a shout out to before where we've got uh, listeners um and jacks um this place is called rustenburg which is in south africa a massive shout out to our listeners in rustenburg if you are currently gaining tons of value from this episode why don't you pause it right now and give the Woke Finance team a five-star rating. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, go one step further to leave a written review. It does wonders for getting the podcast in front of new listeners. Okay, back to today's episode. Oh, I've never heard of it, South Africa. Um, Funny enough, uh, a good friend of mine asked me to join him to go to South Africa um this year and unfortunately I had to decline because I have something else I've got a good friend's wedding um anyway you don't need to know that <laughs> welcome to the work finance podcast you are here with myself Jax and the co-host Peter on this channel we talk about all things finance and all things finance related I hope you're enjoying it I hope you're getting tons of value what finance is more than just a podcast we do serve in a community so if you want to know more about what we actually do head over to www.wokefinance.co.uk. And if you want to engage with us on social media, um, we are predominantly on Instagram. That's the Woke Finance team. If you want to share ideas, reach out to us, you can slide in our DMs and we will definitely respond. So yeah, I hope you're enjoying it and I hope to hear from you soon. Brilliant, brilliant. Massive shout out to our listeners over there and all over the world. Keep doing what you are doing and supporting us. Um, Veronia, back to you, man. It's definitely been a pleasure just chopping a few things up and just hearing your story, hearing some of your learnings, your reflection, and then just some of the the great stuff that you are doing. So it's definitely been inspiration for us. Um, as I said, just before we just took a slight break there, I was going to touch on, you know, if you had any sort of advice um, for for women in general. But before I touch on that, you mentioned, you know, you've, you've gone into this a stage of paying off debt you're now saving and you're now investing um and this is in the grand scheme of it it's been over a short period of time so a couple of years so to speak what's been some of your how's your experience of this new journey for you been yeah it's been interesting I think for me as Jack's mentioned earlier I'm very much in the camp of simple is better mm. and I've loved just kind of investing through the stock market but in a way where I just set and forget Mm. I'm very much in that camp and it's so interesting because 
when I started investing, my husband started investing around the same time. And he wanted to start with all of these complicated strategies. <laughs> and he was looking at all these companies. And I said, you're going to have to do so much work on that like when you invest in individual companies you have to do so much research yeah. and I said I don't have time for that I, I I just want simple and then it was so funny because a couple of years later he would then look at my portfolio and how my portfolio <laughs> was performing <laughs> and then he would look at his and then he would say oh can you tell me I'm not an index fund <laughs> I love that. I love that. Simple, simple. Yeah. Jax, I know, I know you're probably thinking this piece um, because there's different types of way people can invest, you know, pa- uh, passively or actively as well. Do you want to just maybe touch on a bit more about that, Jax? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, um, as we say, you, you can be an active uh, investor or a passive investor. And as I said much earlier on in the podcast, generally speaking, when we look at the results, those who take the Veronia approach of, of investing uh, much more simply into, let's say, a well-diversified pool of investments, such as index funds and ETFs, um, and not just the type of investment, but how you actually do it, where it's um, either you you do it in lump sums or you set things like direct debits. Often for the average person, this is the best way to go. Um, and the reason behind that of course, you'd benefit from things like diversification by investing in a fund. But also there are so many things that unfortunately stop us as human beings becoming great investors because we are emotional creatures. Mm. And a lot of the time, the decisions that we make when it comes to investing, the wrong decisions are fueled by two very powerful emotions, which are fear and greed. Um, and we, we, none of us want to admit it, but we all have a bit inside of us, right? Mm. And there's so many things that can trigger these things. So that's why, generally speaking, many people struggle to do well over the long term, even when they buy sometimes even these index funds, if it's not setting and forgetting it, like like uh, Rowan has just said, they might just buy and sell and sell and buy at different times. You know, when things are going great, they want to buy more. And when things are going bad, they want to sell out. And that's actually the wrong thing to do. We want to buy low and sell high, not sell low and buy, buy high, mm. right? So so that's why. Um, and, and of course, you know, sometimes we want to uh, do things that show that we, we know what we're doing. And, and sometimes we want a bit of excitement. So uh, investing in individual stocks is, is, is sometimes very attractive for people. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it at all. Um, I think the most important thing is you need to be honest with how much time that you have yeah. to actually do the research. Um, but my favorite strategy uh, for most people is to adopt something called a core satellite approach, where uh, the majority of your money is going to go into a well diversified fund, uh, index funds, mutual funds. Um, and then you can use a small proportion of your money to double in, in some stocks or some businesses that you may have an interest in or want to want to, you know, I don't want to say take a punt, but actually want to put some money into knowing or hoping that it does well in the future but if it doesn't do well and it goes bankrupt for example it's not going to affect your general personal finance and your journey towards financial freedom because the percentage was not too high mm. and if it does do very well then great you you push your journey towards financial independence even quicker yeah and that's what i did so i do mm. have uh, a small percentage uh, in individual stocks but it's as Jack said, it's something where I was just interested in the companies, but I realized that, you know, even though I do have an interest, 
I still had to do an, a good element of research mm. well. And so for me personally, I like the idea of having a small part of my portfolio to be with individual stocks. And if it you know does well, then great. But if it doesn't, I'm not too bothered because majority mm. of mine is in index funds and ETFs. And I think that's worked quite well for me. Yeah, yeah. Love that, love that. And Veronica, what a time to start investing during a time where we... <laughs> Not only has it been uh, COVID, but we've had wars, we've had so-called cost of living crisis, yeah. um, one thing after the other. Um, what a time to start or to even, yeah, what a time to start. Yeah, and Ronan, me, me and Peter have spoken about this um, off air quite a few times. And I say, what I say to him, is I, I think uh, you probably started investing at the best time. Also, people that oh, have invested over the past few years yeah. have you know, have had an amazing experience. And that might sound a bit strange because the past couple of years have been abysmal. Yeah. But the reason behind it is to actually go through a time where stock market has gone up, 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 and then to, for it to tank, what you're really getting is real life experience yeah. um, that many people haven't experienced. Right? In fact, since 2000 and, uh, what, since the last eight, financial really? crisis, 2008, 2009, the financial markets has been going up, right? Mm. And there's many reasons behind it which I, I won't go into in this podcast a lot of it's to do with the low interest environment and free money um you know the market has been going up so unfortunately again as human beings because of that emotion we think it's just going to continue going up and to experience that upwards trend and that complete <laughs> like complete downwards movement i think it's amazing for mm. us young people that have a very long time horizon yeah and I think I appreciated that I didn't just learn, you know, how to invest through the stock market, mm. but I learned about investing and cycles in general. Mm. So that when, the, did this, when this did happen, I thought, oh gosh, now's the time for me to take advantage. And I was trying to find money to invest because of, you know, all the volatility happening. Mm. And so I think that one of the best things I did was researching more about investing in general and market mm. cycles so that I could take advantage of it. Love and it. It's really helpful. Love it. And, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd, right? <laughs> so, like, I, for me, I think it's extremely important for the average person to have at least a basic understanding of, of economics. Yeah. Because it plays mm. into our day-to-day -day lives, right? So just understanding what inflation is, uh, what are market cycles, you know, that kind of stuff. It's actually, of course, I'm a nerd because for, so for me, it's very interesting. But I think for the average person, it's just good to know. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, 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 wow. And you know what? Um, we're obviously all here long-term investors. Um, we will see the benefits of investing during such a time, as we've all said, you know, in the years to come. Some of us seeing it even now as a super in the years to come. So, no, that's just amazing to hear. Um, Veronia, to the woman listening right now, what are some of your top tips you would give them? So one tip I would say is don't be afraid of knowing your numbers. Because I think sometimes we get scared about understanding what's truly happening with our finances and understanding what's going in versus what's coming out and doing things like a net worth statement. I think one of the biggest things that helped me was to really just understand my numbers and be clear on what was going on. And I think the second tip I would give is to really focus on 
what you're actually either saving for or investing for, if you're trying to pay off your debt, what is that for? What is your core why? Because mm. that why is going to keep you motivated whenever you want to give up or whenever you make mistakes, you're going to keep going because you still want to achieve the things that you're working towards. So I would say those are probably my biggest tips. Know your one, know your numbers and really focus on your why. Love that, love that, love that. Thank you very much for that. We only are. And we are going to start to wrap up, but did want to uh, touch on. Um, we are um the stuff that I'm gonna to touch on now, Veronia. We are gonna do a separate episode on these later on in the year. So you don't need to go um into detail. But you've obviously um mentioned, well, you are of course a wife and you are a Christian. So it'd be good to hear from you. How has um you know marriage? What does the role of personal finance play in marriage? And then also your your belief, um, your faith as well. Yeah. So personal finance was actually a big topic when we were getting married, and I think I was very conscious of the fact that one of the leading causes of divorce is you know money fights. Deep. So. Because of that, I really wanted to be clear, you know, with my with my husband and find out, you know, where we were at when it come, came to finances. He's always been quite good with money. He's a natural saver. It was me that had the debt and was spending everything. Uh, but I think one of the best things we did is we started to really have the conversation. So he knew how much debt I had. He knew that I was paying it off. And for us, we decided that as soon as we got married, we would actually join our finances mm. so that we could then start working towards, you know, our other financial goals. And obviously I was thankful that I had paid off my debt and I had my emergency fund before I even got married. But it was important for me to understand that if I hadn't paid off my debt at the time, would this now become our debt where we then tackle it together? That was mm. probably one of the interesting conversations <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so excited uh, for that episode I'll, I'll bring my wife along as well so we can talk about it uh, but it's going to be such an amazing episode and you're right Verodia, um you know we know that money fights and just money in general is is, is a huge leading indicator as to as to what causes divorce um, mm. and what I say to people is it's not the money in itself right it's not the, it's not the currency or anything it's, it's it's the fact that money people some people don't want to accept how important money is mm. um so so and it's true money is not the most important thing in the world but actually it affects everything else that is mm. right so it's one of those things that is always there it's always attached to all those things that we actually really value so our relationships our, our health our, our, our you know our relationship with god all these things even our self-development is always attached to money so you can't dismiss the importance of money so i'm very much looking forward to that episode it's going to be amazing hmm. absolutely absolutely and veronia in terms of your your fit and for our listeners just to um clarify yeah we are going to look, looking to have an episode around marriage and money and God willing, Veronia um, and her husband will be joining us um, and Jackson will be coming along with his wife as well. So definitely stay tuned for that in due time. Veronia, finally, what about your faith? Yeah, so it was interesting because when I started 
focusing on my personal finances is when my pastor actually started talking about finances in church. Mm. And I think at that point I knew, okay, well, God is definitely telling me something here. And I think one of the biggest things that I realized is that the Bible talks about money so much. Mm. And even Jesus spoke about money countless times as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, when I realized that the Bible had so much knowledge around personal finances, it almost gave me the validation to say, no, I'm actually on the right track. I need to be a steward of my finances. I need to learn how to be a bit more disciplined because at the end of the day, it's not even my money, it's God's money. And would he be proud of the way that I've handled his finances? That's something I ask myself. So it it made a massive impact for me. Love it. Stewardship. That is the key Mm. word, isn't it? yeah absolutely absolutely he's provided us with many things and yeah how are we stewarding whatever he's given us what money being one of them so no i love that i really do no but listen thank you very much for that uh veronia um jacks any final comments um from you before we wrap up no i just i just want to say i've, I've absolutely enjoyed the episode um i think most of the time on the podcast is is peter asking me a whole bunch of questions and i have to use my brain power to answer as many questions as I possibly can <laughs> so it's amazing to have a fellow money coach on board who can share the, <laughs> the burden with me um, but Ronia of course I've met a few years ago we've shared the stage we we, we work together um, and I just want to say thank you for coming on board I think our viewers and our listeners will absolutely love um, the the, the story that you've had as well your actual journey is very interesting and i'm hoping as well that many people that want to also reach out to you for for financial coaching would actually do so as well yeah i just want to echo that uh veronia it's been amazing just catching up with you hearing your story um hearing your authenticity as well um and transparency um and yeah just learning a lot from you as well and it's I can imagine how encouraging it would be for our listeners as well, hearing your story. So I definitely do encourage our listeners to um, go over to your uh, your YouTube um, and also get in touch. But on that note, uh, Veronica, it would be great if you can, well, if you've got anything else you want to touch on and once you've done with that, maybe just let listeners know exactly how they can find you, where and all of that good stuff. Yes. So in terms of how people can find me, obviously I've got a YouTube channel, Veronia Spain. You can also find me on Instagram, Veronia Spain. In terms of money coaching, if that is something that people are interested in, there is also a link both on my YouTube and Instagram, just to book a call to find out more about one-on-one money coaching with me. Um, But that's it. I think I definitely enjoyed talking to both of you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I really appreciate talking about these topics because I think it's so important and especially for people of our communities I think the Mm. more you know people who see you know role models like us talking about it more often I think Mm. they're more likely to start you know implementing it and start talking about money as well and hopefully it will start to become less of a taboo subject too absolutely absolutely listen man thank you very much for this uh, verona being very useful looking forward to welcome you again um in the future as well so no massive shout out to you jacks massive shout out to you as per usual and for our listeners man thank you very much for staying tuned and remember all always stay woke